Anthony Bourdain, you love him, we love him, everybody loves him. Medium Raw is a new book, of course, Kitchen Confidential. Uh, that was a, a, a breakthrough, I think, for mankind, for mankind that eats. Except it told you what goes on in kitchens, and so it's kind of a setback in a way. He's with us now from New York City, and he's got, uh, I think the tour is over, isn't it, Anthony? Pardon? You're, you're, you're done with this tour, right? Uh, no, no, I'm just going to, God, I got like another six or so cities. Do you hate it or what? No, I can't complain. Come on, it beats working for a living, you know. I, mean, I know, but yeah. I mean, in, in, like in Green Bay, where'd you go to eat? Uh, got a tube of Pringles out of the mini bar. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not eating uh, too much on this thing. It's 17 cities in 22 days, so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much grabbing what's available in between, uh, you know, interviews and things. So, but don't they force you off to whatever they think the best restaurant is in town and make you do a taster's menu and all that? Yeah, I've. I, you know, I've, I learned early on around book tour two that that's the road to madness and death. <laughs> yeah, because uh, not every city has got, you know, epicures in it necessarily. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, so often out there, you know, the best restaurant, you know, the best Italian restaurant in town is the Olive Garden, you know, so. Yeah, and it's surprisingly good for uh, what you pay. Really? I'm sure, think so, huh? I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, no, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I disagree violently. Yes. Do you, do you miss... I, I, I prefer Guantanamo Bay, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice, but it's prepackaged. You know, that's what I don't care for. Do you miss the cooking end of things? I mean, you're into the other end of it now, which is kind of the spiritual or literary end of it, but do you miss just, like, the cooking? Mm, no, nah, not really. Come on. Oh. I mean, I had 28 years standing on my feet next to a deep fryer, uh, yeah. you know, with a bunch of sweaty, tattooed guys. Yeah. Kitchen Confidential happened for me at age 44. Uh you know, and now I, you know, do I, do I miss that or, or, you know, my new life complaining about the thread count at the Four Seasons? Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> life's good. And, and uh, you know, the, the part I really like in this, I mean, I like it all, but the part I really like is about Le Bernardine and the, uh, the, uh, the, the um, fish guy. Great, 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 great restaurant. And, yeah. and uh, you know, it's about the, you know, a, a remarkable individual who's, uh, you know, responsible for, for a lot of the good work there. And, and I think... Uh, you know, points up as well who's, who, in a sense, is, uh, is the backbone of this industry. Right, and he should be making like a quarter of a million dollars a year. I, I suppose he's not. Uh, actually, he's making really good money. Oh, is he? Okay, good. Yeah. Then yeah. he can eat there. You can afford to eat there. He can afford to, but, but uh, employees are not allowed to eat at their own restaurant in much of the fine dining world. That's really a shame. Well, think about it. I mean, if you're if you're springing for big money, do you want to see you know a bunch of drunken line cooks sitting at the next table, uh, you know, making jokes about their nether regions and loud voices? I'd enjoy that. But and, and, you know, uh, Le, Le Bernardine is, is like the only fine restaurant I've ever dined at, and it was uh, for me. It was I was in New York on another failed TV adventure trying to get this thing, and with NBC stations head, we were down there and. Uh, it was, and I had, they gave me a, a sport coat because I didn't have one, and there was a dime in the pocket, so I thought that was a good omen. Yeah. Oh, man, that jacket, huh? That, that's, yeah, did you get that a, one, too? It's, it's a legend. Yeah, it's a legend. And, I think that was my dime, actually. Yeah. And it ended up going south because the guy said, well, what kind of TV show do you want to do? And I said, well, I don't want to do one where they break down the door and shackle a black man and drag him out for the entertainment of, I don't know what I was on. I was on something. <laughs> This, and I even know where that came from. I mean, I didn't want to do that kind of show, but he, yeah. said, he, he said, my problem is I can't get, any, I can't get enough of those shows. <laughs> and he flipped the check to this other guy from Chicago, and that was, that was Le, Le Bernardine. But I had the sea bass, uh -huh. 
And oh, is it good? Yeah, that's a great, it's a great restaurant. Oh man, wonderful! It's the sauce, right? Is that what we're talking about here? With the it's everything, everything. I mean, they do everything perfectly there. Yeah, uh, that's that's really quite amazing. Did you have a signature dish while you were cooking? Not really. I mean, I was not a creative genius by any any in any respect. I you know I was a journeyman chef. I'd been kicking around for a long time. The, the early in my career, when I thought I was a creative genius, people got hurt. Uh, it was, <laughs> you know. I really hit my stride late in my career at Leal, which was, was all classic recipes that I was just recreating. I, th- I thought I recreated them well, but it was, you know, basically working class French uh, bistro and brasserie food. That's probably what I should have uh, been cooking my whole career. Yeah, but you didn't have something in the back of your head that this is, this is going to kill? No, no, not really. No, no, no. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, do you hang around with these guys um, and these chefs? And I mean, I know you've gone around the world for your, your TV show, and you, you, you meet mo- mostly, though, like local people cooking regular food. That, yeah. ha- that happens to be extraordinary. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I, yes, I do. I mean, most of my friends are, are still chefs and, and in the restaurant business. I, I guess after 28 years that, that in that sort of dysfunctional subculture, those are the pe- only people I can really relate to. Yeah. But it's a pretty catty crowd, isn't it? I mean, it seems to be a lot of backstabbing. and. I don't know. I mean, yeah. chefs are pretty much good people. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, I, I, I don't know whether a radio-friendly expression for it, gentle, uh, <laughs> a gentle belittling of, uh, of others or, or in the interest of humor, uh, shall we say. But, but yeah. I mean, you know, when push comes to shove, I think uh, sh- there's a lot of camaraderie and a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, chefs will help other chefs uh, in almost every case. Yeah. What about the, I mean, like that guy in Chicago, for example, with the, the tasting menu with uh, things hanging from chains or whatever. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. I mean, and that that was pretty controversial because he got panned by his fellow chefs. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think most people he he's very well thought of and and well liked yeah. in in the community of chefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's. He, I think he's personally. I think he's a genius. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I know him to be an incredibly talented chef. We're talking about Grant Ackett's at, at Alinea. Yeah, it just, Alinea. I think, differences. You either get that food or you don't. I, yeah. You know, I don't respond to it. Uh, maybe it's because I'm jaded. Um, maybe because it's actually silly. Uh, but people have very different reactions. My, my yeah. wife loves the place. Yeah. And this is like things are hanging from, from I don't know, what he does, the presentation is everything, I guess, but... Yeah, I mean, they're really big on, like, food on the end of wires and hanging from, from uh, clotheslines and, yeah. and, you know, uh, <laughs> food presented on these sort of farting pillows that, that, <laughs> that, that spew rosemary-scented fumes into the air. Or so, I, 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 you know, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Are, are you into the molecular gastronomy? It depends. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I think, you know, like any great new, you know, anything new in, in, in any industry, whether it's music or art, uh, you know, they're going to be real visionaries like, you know, Jimi Hendrix, and then there are going to be a lot of people who try to sound like Jimi Hendrix and don't yeah. manage to pull it off so well. Yeah. So uh, it depends. I think Ferran Adri at El Bulli in Spain is, is about, you know, that's Jimi Hendrix. I think there are other people who probably yeah. should be leaving the foam alone. And, and he's molecular. I, I, he won't use, nobody will admit to doing molecular gastronomy anymore. Yeah. They all call it something else. But yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I would guess so. It's like it's chemistry, is what it is, right? It's, it's well, without chemicals. I mean, yeah. for the most part, uh, you know, they're just figuring out uh, on a, on a seriously scientific level, you know, what is actually happening to this food and what 
what can we do with it? I mean, I, I think it's, uh, they're not putting dangerous chemicals in food or anything like that. Yeah. One of the things I like about your, it's not restaurant reviews so much, but about your, your, your eating experience is that there's a, a lot of times there's an aftermath. And, and we're, we'll be sitting with you watching you try to digest. Yeah, our, I mean, our, it, it, I'm a little disturbed by that. It's got to yeah. be the number one question I'm asked on the road is, do you ever get sick? And, and, and then other people are even more specific. I mean, there's a, a disturbingly large sector of the public who, who really want nothing more than to, to physically watch me crawling around on a cold bathroom floor, you know, coughing up chunks. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, it, it's, it's good TV. <laughs> I guess. It is, because, I mean, that's an important part of eating is the aftermath, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, and, and, you know, everybody's favorite shows are, are like, you know, me getting rolling over, uh, you know, an ATV and almost dying, uh, me getting a, yeah. a hideously painful Midnight Express-style back massage by uh, Ron Jeremy look-alike in Uzbekistan. Yeah. Um, well, that's hard to beat. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's entertainment, you know. <laughs> and... Um, Vietnam must be your favorite place now because you keep coming back to it, and it seems to be the food that most agrees with you, or the cuisine. I love and, it there. Yeah, you know, beautiful country, great people, proud cooks, passionate eaters. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's it just pheromonically appeals to me. The minute I'm off the plane, I, I I'm I'm in love with the country. Yeah, it. How, how do you account for that? It's Vietnamese. It's French influenced, I would imagine. Not so much. The no. stuff that I love about Viet uh, Vietnamese food is very, uh, you know, I think they were cooking pr very much like that before the French uh, mm. and, and continued after. Uh, but uh, if there is a, to, to the extent there is a French influence, it's very, very, very subtle. But they do simple things inexpensively in the street, uh, just sitting on a low plastic stool in Saigon eating a bowl of, pho, you know, noodle soup is, uh, you know, one of the great dining experiences in this life. Yeah. And it's, it's cool, because, and it's cool watching you do that. It's almost like eating it yourself, watching you do that, because it, it, it's not so much about the food, it's about the people who prepare it. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm as interested in who's, who's cooking my food. I'm, you know, what's cooking is interesting, but who's cooking it and why is also very interesting to me. Yeah, as opposed to, like, this food porn concept. Well, there's a place for that, too. I like some, some really filthy, nasty food porn, too. You know, <laughs> uh, you know straight ahead, you know, for prurient interest, no socially redeeming value whatsoever, <laughs> long, lingering close-ups of, you know, food, really delicious-looking food. I mean, I could watch, watch that all day. Yes, because the joy of cooking and the joy of sex are really the same book. Uh, really? I'm sorry, man. <laughs> well, the way I cook, there, I don't know. Or the way I have sex, I guess. Um... Give me, can you give me an example of, like, uh, of a recent food porn experience that you've had that uh, you particularly uh, enjoy? Yeah, well, let's see. Uh, yes, there's I, a lot I, of it I know to go through. Uh, uh, there's a restaurant in New York. That, uh, a lot of my chef friends agree on this. It's, uh, it's, they do a little dish. It's just a thin crouton of, of uh, toasted bread with a big sort of plump, engorged stacks of uh, sea urchin roe, uni with a gossamer-thin sheet of uh, Italian lardo semi-melted over the top. Oh, Let me tell you, take a bite out of that, you just, it just you want to black out and, and, and die in a good way. It's like the foie, foie gras. That's yeah. my French, you know, it's as close as I can get to it. Can you say that properly? Foie gras. Yeah, that's yeah. what I said. Um, you know, I tasted it, uh, I think, twice now. But it, no. is, it is perhaps the best-tasting thing you could ever taste, it seems to me. Oh, I, I just love this stuff. It's yeah, good. it you should. Know, it sings. Yeah. 
And, uh, and this whole backlash in Chicago, they tried to ban it citywide. And they, well, they did ban it, yeah. and it was overturned. Uh, you know, it was a rare, uh, a rare example of the good guys winning one. Yeah. And meanwhile, you know, they're selling Senate seats, but they're trying to ban Goosler. Well, you know, guys, well, first things first, man. You've got to have priorities. <laughs> yeah, so there's some things that are definitely uh, just uh, unbelievable. Now, um, uh, when, you, when you wrote the, 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 the first book, uh, The, uh, the uh, Confidential, did you make a lot of enemies in the business? I mean, you, you name names, and you had to... Honestly, no. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the chefs have been great to me since the book came out. It's been free food and free drinks everywhere. I've been everywhere in the world. Uh, yeah. The chefs and restaurant people in particular, I think, supported the book and were showed good humor about it. Even the people I made fun of in the book have yeah. ended up being really nice to me. So... No, it's been all, it's been, it, it, that, that book transformed my life overnight, and, uh, uh, you know, I went from a 44-year-old, you know, a broke-down journeyman line cook with no money in the bank, you know, no health insurance, you know, no, no nothing, uh, to a guy who gets to travel around the world uh, eating and drinking and making self-indulgent television and, you know, <laughs> chefs everywhere being nice to him. So, uh, you know, no, that, 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 that the, the reaction of the book was, was great. You know, self-indulgent is good if, depending on the self. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. And yours is good because of you, and it's real interesting, and I love your takes. You're, you're kind of very philosophical about everything, and it's really cool just to watch you wandering around in, you know, in, in Beirut or someplace, you know, and thinking about food and about what's happening in, in, there at the same time, you know. Well, the, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, honestly, I do it uh, a lot, in a lot of ways. Television is enabling me to, to, to do what I always dreamed of doing, to, see, to seeing places in the world that I'd always dreamed of going or uh, exploring uh, issues and, and countries about which I've, I've always been intensely curious so I mean, I'm, I'm, it, it's for real. My reaction to a place, I, I, I don't suffer the burden of having to, you know, be nice or, or be positive. If, you know, if I'm unhappy, if things are going wrong, uh, you get to see that on the show. Whereas, but you know, I think very few travel hosts are, are able to do that. Yeah, as opposed to let's say the Food Network. Yeah, there everything's you know it's all sunny, uh, rainbows, unicorns, you know everything. It's a it's a wonderful land where everything's beautiful, nothing hurts, and everything is delicious. You know, even though you look at it, you you know it it, it clearly is you know, you know dreadful. Yeah, Rachel Ray and you are, are, have you made up? Uh, Rachel sent me a fruit basket, so I'm not making fun of her anymore. It's really that easy. <laughs> That's how cheap I am. Send me a gift of fruit, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll lay off. Um, Sandrily, on the other hand, I mean, I, you yeah. know, I look at that food. I, just, I really just want to pry my eyeballs out of my skull. I watch her cook. Yeah, I, I know, think you know, a, a, a cheap, you know, can of cheese whiz, a triscuit, and a smile does not make you a good cook. <laughs> She's gotten far in it so far, though. You know, will, will it put Cuomo into the governorship? Is the question. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, she's fantastically successful. Uh, you know, I think the, the, the only reason she hasn't had me assassinated, you know, is, is she's barely, you know, why should she notice? You know, I'm, I'm an insect compared to her gigantic empire of, of mediocrity. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and she's cute, too. Yeah, you know, I, I actually saw her at a party. You know, she came over and said hello. And, and, and you know, uh, her boyfriend, uh, you know, our next governor is uh, standing right next to her. So, you know, I, I, I was a little uncomfortable. I'm thinking, this guy's going to audit me back 20 years. <laughs> you know? That could happen. Well, he's yeah. got to get in first, though. So. Yeah. Uh, in the book, you have heroes and villains. Uh, you know, we can't go through all of them because there are, there are many. But uh, <clears throat> a hero of yours. 
Fer- Fergus Henderson is a, is, a, is a hero. I mean, you know, Fergus Mar- Henderson, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the great chef of uh, London St. John restaurant. Yeah. You know, uh, Mario Batali. Uh, I think you know J.B. Oliver, uh, who always used to annoy me, but but I really admire what he's doing with this. Uh, he's the Naked Chef. Uh, yeah, I hated yeah. that show, uh, but, yeah. but I, I really appreciate what he's doing. I admire what he's doing with uh, you know, struggling against uh, obesity, particularly childhood obesity in America. Mm-hmm. I see it as a doomed but noble cause. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Jonathan Gold, a terrific food writer for the LA Weekly. Right. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people who you know this business who I really you know really admire. Worst worst villain. We'll give you the worst villain there. The worst villain. Yeah. You know, to ever walk walk the planet. Yeah. Um, food wise or. I, I, you know, I think any, let's put it this way, any critic who claims to be an honest broker of opinion who is accepting or, or soliciting free, you know, goods and services from his victims, I mean subjects, mm-hmm. uh, th- you know, that's somebody I'm not going to, uh, I'm okay. not going to like very much. Does he have a name? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I think you'll, 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 you'll find some, some, some references in the book to some of these characters who, you know, th- I'm in a position now, finally, I think, not having a reputation or a business to protect that, that I could talk about some of these folks. Yeah. So it's not Alan Richmond, then? No, actually, Alan, Rich, Alan Richmond, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I obviously have some real issues in him. I wrote an entire chapter attacking him. Uh, but to my knowledge, that, that is, that, I mean, my objection to him is, is, comes on other grounds. Uh, but I don't, I don't, as far as I know, he's, he's never, uh, you know, shaking chefs down for, for you know, free stuff. Yeah. But, you know, you got to like Wolfgang Puck. I mean, what's not to like about Wolfgang Puck? He's a little, uh, little commercial. Well, I, I was very disappointed with his, uh, you know, his, his about face on, on Flock Rod. I mean, he folded. <laughs> um, that disappointed me because he's such a titan of the business. I, I guess I was looking to him to, to sort of protect us and his peers and stand with them. Um, but I thought, you know, they made it very, 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 very hard for him. Yeah. You know, when those folks uh, decide to target you and your business and your restaurant, it can get pretty ugly. Uh-huh. And, and uh, I, I was at his place one time, in the, one of the Hollywood, and I, 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 he was not in the kitchen. Imagine my disappointment. Yeah, yeah. he must have been at one of the, what, the Wolfgang Puck at the airport. Yeah, no, it was, I, it was actually in Hollywood, so it was close to, you know, where he was, you know, hanging out, but uh, he was not there. I guess he's in none of them, but that's true in general, right? If you go yeah, to by a, the time you get to know the chef's name, he's already in business class flying to Shanghai. Yeah. I mean, there's right. nothing wrong with that. that yeah. You know, I think any, any expectation that you're going to walk into a, you know, an Emerald, one of Emerald's 12 or 15 or 20 restaurants and, and suddenly have him pop up tableside making you your Caesar salad and saying, bam, I think is a little, I think that's an unreasonable hope. Yeah. So, and so what they do is they, they get a restaurant going and it's a success and they're huge and then they, they duplicate it around the world. Yeah, well, but 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 or 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 more likely they open up a different concept. Like Mario, all of Mario Batali's restaurants are, are completely different, and he, he creates them in in tandem with uh, uh, in and around uh, of existing chefs with their own vision. So you know, each each business is a sort of a unique partnership uh, of of creative minds, and uh, or or in some cases, they uh, chefs will just replicate but in every case you need a lot of loyal talented people working for you to to and enough of those people to be able to expand you can't just say well i'm going to open up another restaurant in vegas so you know let's hire some guys to work it you know the expectation when you walk into a bobby flay restaurant in vegas is that it's just as good as the one in new york and is that true 
uh, in my experience with, with Bobby Flay's restaurant, yeah. I mean, oh. if it isn't, then then they deserve to fail, and they will fail. Yeah. So it's not it's, it's being a chef on one hand, but it's like being a CEO basically. Chef means chief. I yeah. mean, and and uh, you know, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If anything, you know, in fact, it makes me angry when I hear food writers like Richmond talking about, you know, how you should be able to walk into the chef, into, into, you know, any any restaurant with a celebrity chef, and if you're paying two hundred dollars, he he should be there. You know, probably come <laughs> over and kiss your ring. You know, I think that's uh, you know, come on, I'm happy for chefs who work hard their whole lives and are able to open up a second or a third restaurant, as long as they're as good as we expect, power to them. Yeah. And you've been offered restaurants, obviously, probably every day. Someone says, why don't we open a Bourdain's in, you yeah. know, in London, and, uh, and you, but you haven't done it. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, I wouldn't be able to. I need to be involved. Uh, I, I would be terrified that, that whoever's running this thing in my name would mess it up. Uh, and uh, you know, and I and I know well from all the all the years that that I've been in the business uh, of all the things that could go terribly, terribly, terribly wrong, you know. So I'm, I'm I don't, and I don't, you know, I can see the post, the New York Post headline already, you know, you know, a, you know, drunken teen served at Bourdain restaurant, you know. I don't need that. <laughs> so you'd end up working there is really what you're afraid of. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, that would be the worst case yeah. scenario. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be refilling the salad bar, you know. More bacon bits. <laughs> Mo, outstanding, up, uh, up, upcoming chef, or on, on the uprise, uh, David Chang? David perhaps? Chang, yes. awesome, awesome. Great, great, great businesses, uh, great food, a lot of fun, and a, a whole new business model. Yeah, and what, what is his thing exactly? Well, I think, you know, really, really good food in a, in a really democratic, downscale, super casual, super comfortable surroundings which is, you know, kind of a revolutionary thing that he and a few other uh, uh, chefs over the last decade have, have really pioneered. Yeah. Uh, meaning, you know, you could eat Michelin star quality food, uh, but, but without paying for the, you know, expensive flower arrangements and the 20 snooty waiters and, and uh, you know, the, 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 the white linen and the glassware and the silver and all of that stuff, you know. Uh, it, it, I think these restaurants appeal to people who are willing to pay for the food, but they, they don't they don't want to pony up another another hundred bucks just for the you know the the, the movie set, the, the surroundings. Yeah, <clears throat> but does it, does he actually sell cereal milk to people? Is that well? They, yeah, they have a they have a, a Momofuku milk bar. It's basically a pastry, dessert, cakes, muffins, cookies. They're all, but they're really all. It, it, the, the desserts there seem geared towards people who. Um, had many seminal and important uh, food epiphanies while stoned at 2 o'clock in the morning, eating, you know, <laughs> eating Cap'n Crunch with Crunch Berries or, you know, eating junk food. So that it's right in that sort of uh, comfort zone. Yeah. So, any, so it's, it's actually cereal-infused milk that you can buy there by the pint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. It's not cheap either. No. <laughs> there definitely was pot involved in that. We know that much. Uh, well, yeah, certainly, you know, I think many people will find that all too, uh, all, all too familiar. <laughs> I personally, I, I, used to, you know, I used to like uh, Cap'n Crunch with Crunch Berries. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was so sharp. Those Crunch Berries and the Cap'n Crunch, they would, like, dig holes in the top of your mouth. So you were never sure what was turning the milk pink, whether it was the Crunch Berries, artificial red, got red color, or were you bleeding into your milk? Yeah, your gums. Yeah, that's like eating that. those birds. Yeah, right. Man, that's an astounding scene. Yeah, yeah. What was what is that bird called? It's called an 
ortholon. And, and, yeah, uh, and, and they're rare, and they're protected, and they're endangered. And delicious. And they're delicious. <laughs> and how everybody knew how to eat them, that's what amazed me. I mean, well, these people were in the know. You were with a bunch of people who were at the top of the business. It, it's one of the things, when you become a cook, it's one of the first things you hear about, this rare and wonderful bird that, you know, they eat in secret, you know, with hoods over their heads. And, you know, you, you, you <laughs> plop in your mouth, sizzling, you know, screaming hot out of the metal cocotte. Uh, you know, you grab it by its little skull and put it in your mouth feet first, and then after a lot of breathing, try to cool it off, you crunch your teeth down into its fat, gut-loaded belly right through the bones, and it's, uh, oh, wow, it's so wonderful. It, it yeah. is sort of stabby kind of a way. Yeah, no, it sounds great. It sounds truly wonderful. And that's a, that's a rare treat. Who, who, who set up that meal? I am not at liberty to say. Oh, uh, in fact, I have no contemporaneous recollection of whether or not... Uh, <laughs> you were even there. Yeah, right. Okay. Anthony, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy guy. Hey, it was my pleasure. Good yeah, talk to you. I appreciate it. Anthony Bourdain, ladies and gentlemen, Medium Raw. Here's the book. Medium Raw.